Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport Live from the Queen's Club in West London. It's daily, it's the Aegon Championships, it's Law, it's Whitaker, and we've been speaking to the best of the rest. It looks huge, um, the centre court now, and obviously we've had great weather this week, so the courts are all in, all in really good condition and yeah, happy to be back. You know, just looking at the grass and, and, and the Queen's Club, it, it just gets me excited and it gets a lot of people excited, you know, coming off the clay and kind of makes everyone pretty refreshed and, and everyone's ready to go. For us to have the world number one, the Wimbledon champion, but that that person is also our champion and is the British number one is amazing. That's Andy Murray, Nick Kyrgios and tournament director Stephen Farrow. Just some of the guests on our preview show tonight. This is the daily tennis podcast from the 2017 Aegon Championships at the Queen's Club. My name is Catherine Whitaker. I'm joined by David Law with his media director hat on. I've already told the Facebook Live is that are watching us, watching us as we'll talk about hats in a minute, David, because right. it's been a very hat heavy day. Yep. Uh, um, yeah, David Law, you're here in media director slash podcast capacity. I you're am. double dipping. Yes, I am indeed. And uh, it's been an incredibly busy day an incredibly exciting day as you said I mean you spoke to just about every tennis player that walks uh, around here and it has been so hot I don't remember a day this hot at this tournament and I've been working at it for 20 years uh, so you know incredibly beautiful sunny day and uh, yet we're still moaning yeah, I know, we are still meaning. Grigor Dimitrov sat down for his uh, pre-tournament uh, interview with me earlier, sat down in the beating sunshine. I was wearing a baseball cap. I don't think I've worn a baseball cap. I was trying to work out the last time, probably 16, 17 years ago. I did not recognise you at least three I times looked, I walked past you. I looked ridiculous. I put a lovely dress on this morning and I've ruined it all with uh, a big blue baseball cap. I looked thoroughly ridiculous. And I was fanning myself. And then Grigor Dimitrov sits down. He's not even breaking a sweat. And he tells me I'm completely pathetic. And that he remembers last year when everybody was moaning about the weather. And, and now this year we've got everything that we wanted last year. And we're still moaning about it. And he's right. He's absolutely right. But why can't it be just a lovely 24 degrees, David? Yeah, we <laughs> want a specific temperature every day. Yeah, 24 degrees, clear blue skies, little humidity. Yeah. If you could arrange that Done. as media director, yeah. um, then that would be absolutely great. In fact, the, the, maybe Stephen Farrow could arrange that for us because he's in charge of 
everything around here. And of course, I've been speaking to Stephen Farrow on the eve of the 2017 Aegon Championships, a very special Aegon Championships this year because there have been big changes around the Queen's Club, particularly in the last few months as they've been erecting the stands and everything for the tournament. Capacity has gone up by 3,000 overall, by about 2,500 here on the centre court. It's got quite a different feel to it actually but without further ado I think we should let Stephen Farrow tell you a bit about it himself. It's looking fantastic out there we're really proud of it uh, we've added 2,600 seats to our centre court there's loads of work that's gone into it um, you know over the last six weeks in building it but before then with all the work on planning and the changes we've done to the site in order to make this expansion happen and so now you sort of look out onto centre court with the clubhouse and the complete bowl uh, with our 9,500 capacity. It's, it's great. It's a proud moment, actually. It's fantastic. And it's been quite a long, hard slog, a long road to get there, hasn't it? It hasn't been easy. No, it hasn't. Uh, I mean, this is many years in the making. Uh, I remember going to a meeting with Chris Kermode like four or five years ago. We had a North Stand working party, uh, so it's been discussed for a long time. Um, and then finally, about 18 months ago, we began to look at this really seriously. Um, in order to make it happen, we needed to do a new long-term agreement with the Queen's Club to uh, to keep the tournament here. And the partnership with, uh, with the guys from the Queen's Club has been absolutely fantastic in making this happen. And then we had to do some permanent changes to the site, uh, and that's involved moving courts one and two the old courts one and two, um, replacing them with artificial courts and that's allowed us to expand the north stand as you can see out there right now. Uh, it's also involved a, a few other, a few other um, uh, developments in the local community because um, as part of our arrangement with the Queen's Club we've resurfaced three courts down the road for Queen's Club members to use uh, during the course of the tournament and outside that period they're there for local community use so we've done that in partnership with London Borough of Hammersmith and Fulham and Virgin Active. Uh, we've also resurfaced some courts over at Ravenscourt Park um, so we're, we're we're very proud actually to be able to support the borough in developing tennis alongside the great show that we put out here at Queen's. And in terms of the numbers, the stats and the figures, how big is the centre court now? I know the number one court's bigger as well. Hit us with your stats. So we've gone from 6,941 to 9,542 on centre court. Uh, court one is slightly bigger, it's about 1,008. Um, um, but you know the main, the main story is really everything that's gone on here. But we've also increased all our facilities outside centre court as well. So you know, we've got 30% more space for our public, even though we've increased our capacity because we've uh, built a couple of new marquees with some great new facilities. We've got a new uh, public restaurant. We've got uh, a new position for our Moet and Shandon bar. We've got some new hospitality facilities as well. And I think when you walk across the whole site, it really does look fantastic. And, you know, we can't wait to get a full house in on Monday. You're a man that knows your numbers. In terms of the players that will play on this wonderful, expanded stage, it is quite a player field this year, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I mean, ever since we became a ATP 500, we've had incredible player fields. I mean, of course, this tournament, as you know, has always had great players. But certainly the last three years, it's stepped up another level. And this year, again, like every year we've been saying it was a, was a record um, entry list. Um, and obviously it's headed by Andy Murray. Um, it's actually, I think, the first time we've had the world number one here since Rafa in, I think, 2009. So, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Um, and so for us to have the world number one, the Wimbledon champion, but that that person is also our champion and is the British number one is amazing. So we're obviously looking forward to seeing Andy out here, but it's not just about him because we've got Nick Kyrgios, Milos Reinic, Marin Cilic, uh, Stan Wawrinka, and there's, there's loads of strength in this draw. There's not really any easy matches. And we saw when we did the draw earlier on today that there's some great matches from, from round one. I mean, Lopez against Wawrinka being probably the standout one. 
few Brits facing one another as well. Well, one in particular, Badene against uh, Murray round one. Yeah, I know. It's great to see him here. I, I know I know him pretty well. And um, he played Andy out on centre court last year, gave a, a good account of himself. It was a great match. He had a great week in Holland last week, Aliash. So, um, so you know, I just spoke to him earlier on today and he's, he's really excited about playing Andy out there again. And there are, I think, a few tickets still available. Is that right? Yeah, we do. Uh, we've got about uh, 350 tickets left on Monday and Wednesday, a bit less than that on Tuesday. Uh, but you can still uh, get tickets. Go to agonchampionships.com and follow the link. Um, and um, you know, we look forward to welcoming everybody here to our new expanded centre court from Monday. So that was Stephen Farrow talking about what promises to be a fantastic 2017 Aegon Championships. You know who else I've been speaking to, David Law? Oh, who's that? I've been speaking to defending champion, five-time champion world number one, Andy Murray. That's quite a good guest. <laughs> it's quite a good intro, isn't it, to yeah. a chat. He was fantastically relaxed and uh, a real contrast to when I spoke to him on the eve of the French Open a few weeks ago. That probably sounds a really obvious thing to say, but he's sometimes quite good at being not willfully deceptive but concealing from us lot how genuinely relaxed he's feeling but when you see him genuinely relaxed yeah you know there's it's a look real. in his eye isn't there yeah you, you, you see this sort of the eyebrows raise and and he's he's engaged in a completely different way there's no autopilot yeah. anymore in the way he talks to you you feel like we're not on camera we're not talking into a microphone we're just having a chat. Yeah, and, interesting. and that's exactly how I found him. It's how he seemed on the practice court. He certainly seemed very determined on the practice court as well. He's been working hard out there, very hard indeed. Lendl is here, as he was last year. Well, just, just on the question, incidentally, of working hard on the practice court, I, I was out there for a little while. You were filming, weren't you? You did some filming of the early part of his practice session, the first half an hour. He was there for another 90 minutes. When I got there, he was in a fully-fledged practice set with Joe Wilfred Songer, and they were just running themselves into the ground. They were dripping sweat. These are two of the most super fit athletes you could imagine and they both looked absolutely exhausted at the end of it there was a good two hours two hours plus of of proper physical exertion i was pleased that when andy murray sat down for his interview with me he said he was suffering a bit in the heat as well he made me feel better after after the burn i got from grigor dimitrov so thank you for that andy he spoke to me about other things besides the sweltering heat uh, as well so let's hear from the defending champion world number one andy murray Andy, welcome back to Queen's. When we chatted here a few weeks ago, this was just an expanded car park and now it's transformed into this glorious new centre court. What are your impressions? Yeah, I, I saw it. Um, I think it was uh, Tuesday, first day I came in here. And I mean, it looks great. I think the centre court looks a lot better now. It's like all the gaps are kind of filled in. I don't know if you can see it on there, but it looks huge, um, the centre court now. And obviously, we've had great weather this week, so the courts are all in, all in really good condition and yeah, happy to be back. And in terms of your form, when we chatted at the French Open, you described your form at the end of that compared to the beginning as night and day. Is that improvement continued? Uh, yeah, well, I feel, obviously, I feel a lot better than I did before the, the French. Obviously, you know, the first few days on the grass is quite a big, uh, a big contrast um, in terms of, movements, how the ball's bouncing on the court, um, you know, change racket tensions and all these sorts of things and because of the temperature it's been playing really fast as well so it's, uh, it's been, <coughs> been quite a big change um, but I feel good, I've been hitting the ball well in practice, um, feel a lot more comfortable than I did uh, going into the French. You talked about how at the start of Paris when you first teamed up with Ivan you went back to basics, does that apply at the start of the grass as well? 
Yeah, because although the French went well, I was still, I was still quite far away from actually, you know, where I wanted to be, and you know, missed a couple of days of practice before the the French with the <coughs> with the illness um, w when I arrived there. So yeah, the first uh, four days really was pretty. You know, pretty simple, pretty basic stuff. A lot of repetition. Um, you know, which uh, which helps. I mean, I spoke about it, the the French. Sort of, once you're out there playing, and if you're maybe struggling or a bit tired, you kind of you know go into autopilot a little bit. And so long as you you know practicing the right habits and doing the the simple things well, uh, that goes a long way. That was defending champion Andy Murray talking about his title defence and all things grass and all things British and all things that we're very excited about. That was just a little tease because we're going to be hearing the full Andy Murray interview on tomorrow night's daily Aegon Championships podcast. That is because Andy Murray will start his title defence on Tuesday against Aliash Bedenay. In terms of people who will start their Aegon Championships campaign tomorrow, David, on day one, Da, da, da. We have an order of play, don't we? It is a who's who, isn't it? I mean, what an order of play. It's so cool. I mean, it, when you consider for a start that Thomas Burdick can't even get on the centre court. You know, they've started oh, off with Thomas. Joe Wilfred Songer is, is the first matchup against Adrian Manorino. Then we've got Grigor Dimitrov against Ryan Harrison. I've seen those two play each other before. Donald Young against Nick Kyrgios is third up. And then Kyle Edmund against Denis Shapovalov. We've obviously got a bit of history from the Davis cup from a few months ago is the final match on centre court. Well that's actually the one that I wanted to focus on first because although you've got the really big names earlier on and we will talk about those of course um, that is the one that catches my eye. Denis Shapovalov, 18 year old uh, Canadian of Russian descent. I saw him in Toronto last year. I saw him beat Nick Kyrgios in Toronto last year and I talked about him a lot on the podcast because I think he's the real deal. He's very erratic at the moment. He's got a long way to go but in terms of raw materials, mentality, temperament, He's the real deal. Make sure you try and get the chance to watch a bit of him tomorrow when he plays Kyle Edmund. He's qualified here. He's here for the very first time. He was so taken with the club, David. He really was taken with this. I'm warming he's to not, him. He's not really played many events like this before. He's barely mm. played on grass. He thinks grass can suit him, but he just hasn't had the chance to adapt his game to it yet. In fact, I'm saying all the things that he told me earlier. Why don't we just hear from him? So many great champions have won here, and uh, the site is just unbelievable. The hospitality is great; everyone's taking care of you, so it's a, uh, it's an, it's really an honor to be here. How much have you been able to play on grass before in your career? Is this a bit of a new experience? Uh, I mean, I got pretty familiar last year, uh, winning winning Roehampton and Wimbledon, obviously. But uh, other than that, not much. I mean, in juniors, you get two weeks of grass, and that's it, pretty much. So uh, I've played I played a lot more this year. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still learning how to play on it, how to move on it. I don't know if you watch my match; I've been slipping quite a bit, so uh, it's still it's still a new experience. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm enjoying it. Do you think you have the sort of game which can suit this surface well? I think so. Yeah, I mean, just being a lefty itself helps me on this court. Uh, you know, the serve is really penetrating here. Uh, it's getting off the lines, getting off the grass. So uh, that itself is a benefit. And uh, yeah, I, I play pretty aggressive. I like coming to the net. So. Uh, for sure, the grass court helps helps keep the points short and uh, nice, short short and uh, at the net. And you're part of this exciting group of young players that we're hearing so much about. How do you feel about that? Do you feel pressure? Do you feel privilege? Oh, I think yeah, I think I feel more privileged to be a part of uh, the next gen. You know, the the next group uh, coming in, hopefully making top hundred more. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's. I think it's an honor to be you know to be talked about on side with uh, guys like Francis and uh, Borna Korish, you know Zverev. Uh, it's it's it, for me it's a privilege. I mean, I always wanted to be like them, so uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's been it's been a pretty fun year. And just finally, what are your both long-term and short-term goals as a tennis player? I mean, uh, short term, trying to improve certain aspects of my game, you know, coming to the net more, being aggressive and uh, working on the returns. And uh, long term, for sure, uh, probably probably the main goal of mine would be to lift the Wimbledon trophy again. So that was Denis Shapovalov, who takes on the British number two, Kyle Edmund, in the fourth match of the day on centre court. Let's hear from Carl T. The changes are great. Like The, the more seats, it uh, looks massive now, the, the stadium. Um, which is great. I mean, the first time I played on this court last year uh, against Simon, uh, I really enjoyed it, and then had a you know a good a good match against Andy, and it was a good atmosphere there. It's the fact they've added, I don't know how much it is, like 2,500 more seats. Uh, we'll hopefully make it you know even more um, louder and, and better atmosphere. And you hear on your ranking a direct entrant for the first time. You've been beneficiary of wild cards in the past. That must feel good. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to uh, to get in on your own ranking. I mean, this this tournament is extremely strong, um, so it's uh, you know I think at my rank or whatever it was, you'd expect to get most 500s. But the t you know the tournament, the field is very strong. Uh, but as you say, it's nice to come into a home tournament. Um, I think last year was the first time I got into Wimbledon my own ranking, which was nice because you always want to be there on on merit. So that was a really nice thing. And, you know, this year I'm ranking first time, uh, Queens, you know, it's not a massive thing, but it's just a little thing that means, you know, you're in there on your own merit, uh, you don't have to rely on anything, and it obviously shows your ranking strong enough as well. Just a few weeks ago we were talking about why and how your game is so well suited to the clay. How does it shape up on the grass? What changes do you have to make? Uh, for me, the biggest change I have to make is like, you know, the like your body, the movement, um, you're moving a lot lower along, uh, across the grass in general, having to get to the level of the ball because it's skidding through a lot more. Um, so the, definitely the first two or three days, I find it takes me yeah two or three days to get adjusted, and then you become, you know, more relaxed about it. You're not thinking about it as much. It just becomes more natural. Um, so those are the biggest things. Um, obviously, tactically as well, you're, uh, it's a balance because you're trying to play your game. You don't change your game, but at the same time where you tactically maybe you do things a little bit differently um, the, if you're in front on the front foot on a grass court it's very difficult to change defense into attack so a lot of time you're trying to get the first strike in um, yeah and like I said it's very tough to change or move ac across the grass like you would on the clay or hard court so maybe you know finishing the point coming to the net a little bit more than you would is, is definitely something I'll try to do, depends on the match, but um, yeah, they're just little adjustments, but for me, the, like I said, the main thing is just like physically the movement and stuff. Uh, so that's Kyle Edmund taking on Denis Shapovalov tomorrow. Shapovalov qualified, he saved match points in his first qualifying match, beat Liam Brody in his second one today. They've got a bit of history, as you said, from yeah. Davis Cup earlier this year, history that Shapovalov will want to put behind him, but... He's got a game that can trouble Kyle. He has. He has got a game that can trouble Kyle. And I think that they will play a cracking match, probably. I, I'm really looking forward to that. And the way that Shapovalov has handled 
the the time since that thing happened at the Davis Cup where he hit the umpire in the eye with the ball, I think he's handled it really, really well. And and I, I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts that we've been impressed with him. I, I heard him talking earlier in another interview about how he went into another that interview. match. Uh, yeah, another one with someone else other than yourself. What's, what's the point? It was a really good interview, actually. And I heard uh, that he... Um, he was he was saying that he went into that Davis Cup tie as a boy and he came out as a man in a way because he was having to deal with things he really he didn't even know that was a possibility he wouldn't have in his wildest dreams have expected to have been in that position he fully owns up to it being his fault but you know I think it's taught him some valuable lessons and and he seems he seems like a good guy to me and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play he re- I completely echo that he really seems like a good guy he's learned an awful lot from that I'm I, I'm I'm reluctant to say that you know that will have ended up being good for him that experience because you know it was an awful thing that happened Arno Gabas would would certainly wish it hadn't happened but he's taking as much positive from it as he can and I think he deserves credit from that he also asked to see pictures of my dog so he's, did he he's obviously how did that come up great well he likes dogs oh he happened to mention his dog and I took that as a door opening which of your dogs was this Rosie <laughs> I showed him pictures of both David give me an inch give me a doggy inch and <laughs> And I'll take a mile. I can't play favourites, can I? So, Denis Shapovalov, my new favourite. I mean, Kyle Edmund might like my dogs too. He just didn't yeah, specifically I mean, ask to see pictures of I them. I won't tell Kyle so, you said that. So, yeah. If you're listening, Kyle. Likely. It's just a way to get into my good books. Anyway, other centre court matches tomorrow, David. Nick Kyrgios, speaking of people that are relaxed yeah. and looking in fine fettle, apart from a bit of... Um, tubing he's got on his left knee although he assures us that's nothing too dramatic i think you saw the incident that caused yeah. that to happen yeah we uh, saw him go down it was quite a heavy fall at the time and he went down and stayed down for about 30 seconds i think as much as anything just to to try to test it and see whether he'd done anything bad and the sense i gotten from conversations he was having is that he kind of pulled out of the fall at the right time and it didn't do any damage and it doesn't hurt that's that's pretty much what he was saying and i think the sleeve that he has over his knee is 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 for support certainly in his press comments after the live draw that you uh, were presenting with Gigi Salmon yesterday he was he was very much saying that i feel frankly in the best shape and the best sort of mental space that i have in a while and that i suffer from homesickness during the european clay court season but when i get here I feel totally different. Yeah, that was something I chatted to him about as well. And his, his eyes lit up as soon as he got to talk about the chance, the fact that he gets the chance to stay in a house with his with his mum and with his brother, and you know his agent stays with him as well. And he suddenly just warmed. You know, you could see him visibly relaxed. That's obviously really, really important to him. And I've spoken before about the fact that that's. One of his sort of weaknesses that I have a... I mean, it's not really a weakness. That's not probably not the right uh, right expression. But one of his weaknesses that I have a lot of sympathy with, I mean, just because you're really good at tennis doesn't mean you're going to be really good at travelling around the world and being yeah. away from home and yeah, all, of, a, all of the, the stuff that it, goes with it. It has its own pressures and not everybody finds it the same. Um, uh, we do yeah. hope you're enjoying the sound of the drill in the background here. Uh, cameraman Patrick gives us a thumbs up always to say going okay. on the work behind the scenes because it's one day until the Aegon Championship starts mm-hmm. so we've just got to finish stuff off 
I's are being dotted, T's are being crossed yeah. with drills here at uh, the Aegon Championships. Um, I think he's going to be okay tomorrow against Donald Young. And I know Donald Young's played well here in the past. He had a good year here last year. But Kyrgios has beaten him, uh, played him twice, beaten him twice. He's just a better grass court player. Yeah, I would have thought so. I think that that serve is so big. I mean, I've talked to a few ex-players who were just remarking on that serve. I remember hearing John McEnroe in commentary during the French Open saying, this guy's serve is just ridiculous. Imagine putting that now. I mean, it's better than it was three years ago when he beat Nadal. It's way better. And now he's going to bring it onto this court. really three years yeah. ago? Yeah, he's going to bring That's it amazing, onto this court. It? And I mean, he could... If it, and the other thing is, he's had two horrendous draws in the last two years. He drew Stan Wawrinka two years ago. He, he drew Milos Raonic uh, a year ago. And it was he, he played quite well. But we know what happened to Raonic. He went to the final. He nearly beat Murray. He went to the Wimbledon final. Kyrgios was... His level was there then. If he is physically okay, if he's up for it, and he sounds up for it, he could have a real run here. Yeah, and he believes that Wimbledon is his best chance of winning a Grand yeah. Slam, Nick Kyrgios. I think he's right. Let's hear from him. You know, my serve kind of sets up everything on the grass, um, but I've played a long time on the grass. You know, in Australia, we have a couple grass court tournaments when we were young, and, you know, that kind of set the tone. And, you know, I knew, kind of learned what to do on the grass, and, that, and we kind of trained a lot on it. So, you know, I feel comfortable, and, and I've, I've had some pretty good success on it. Does that make this a particularly important time of year for you, the fact that you think Wimbledon is such a good chance for you to win a major tournament? Yeah, it's definitely important. You know, I've tried to sort of make the whole year important, you know, try to have more consistency at every tournament. But, yeah, for sure, the, the grass is a little bit more focused for me. Um, obviously, Wimbledon is my favourite Grand Slam, so I would like to obviously do well there. You haven't always had it easy in terms of physicality, injuries. How are you feeling physically just at the moment coming into the grass court season? Yeah, I feel healthy. Um, you know, throughout the clay season, I was struggling with some, with some injuries. But now, you know, I've had a couple of injections and doing a lot of rehab. So now I feel very good. You've got Sebastian Grosjean alongside you as a sort of part-time coach. How's that working out? What's he bringing to your grass court game? He's just looking out for me. Um, you know, he's a very good guy. He cares about my well-being first rather than tennis. So... You know, he's a great guy to get along with, but he also, you know, we also have done a lot of uh, hard work. Um, you know, I was, I've been doing a lot of training with him, so he's been helping me out a lot. And you mentioned well-being. I know you sometimes struggle with the travelling aspect of tennis, the demands of that. I know here you get to stay with your family. Is that a really added bonus for you? Definitely. Um, staying in a big house with my mum and, and, you know, my, my agent and my, my physio kind of gets that home feeling. So, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely helps me not be so homesick. And in terms of ranking, you've got a slightly easier first round draw here than you've had in the past couple of years. Donald Young played him twice, beaten him twice. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. But at the same time, you know, he's he's a tricky player. He's a lefty and on the grass, you know, he can play some very sneaky tennis. So, you know, I'm not going to take him lightly at all. He can definitely play some tennis. All very best of luck, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD. Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can I just sit and watch court shows in Longland all day? You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Grigor Dimitrov, David, we have to talk about Grigor Dimitrov. As I said, I spoke to him earlier. Um, He gently insulted my lack of weather hardiness, which I think was probably right. I did look like a sweaty mess at the time. But, you know, those were the circumstances. And, you know, not everyone's a fan of, of the baseball cap. But he comes here... His face lights up, doesn't it? Yep. 2014 champion. It's the scene of what's still, I think, one of his greatest successes on the court. And it led to him reaching the semi-finals at Wimbledon. He looks to this week, to this event, to give him a boost, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. It's uh, He describes a love affair in the Sunday Times today uh, that he has with this place. And obviously, you know, the place is bigger now, and, and he's he, but he's grown up with this tournament. He got given a wild card by Chris Camode, in fact, two of them. The second one, when, frankly, it was a, it was a difficult and one to justify. And he'll never forget that with it. He no. talks about it all the time. He mentioned yeah. it today in his interview, even though he's more than justified it by being a champion here in yeah. 2014. He... He will always he remember that. And he comes, you know, he comes in our office. Our office is just over there where the tournament director sits and, and we, we run the order of play and all that kind of thing. And he comes in, he sits down, he has an ice cream, he wants to have a chat, he wants to speak to everybody behind the scenes. You know, he, he's one of the most sort of gregarious what a sweaty mess they look. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's also true. He did seem fantastically relaxed, though, and I think... He's had some. He's, he's had it. I can remember at least one good match he's had with Ryan Harrison in the past. But I do think he's going to be okay tomorrow. I saw him in practice a couple of days ago, practicing with Danny Valverde, and they were doing some really technical, precise drills, particularly with the sliced backhand. Was what I was watching. Danny had set up um, some empty ball tubes. Um, on the court and Dimitrov was having to hit his slice backhand precisely so that the ball stayed about it was clearing the net by about a millimeter every single time the precision was amazing and the slice backhand was he was practically hitting it onto a dime is what the Americans say have you it? just noticed that Lars Graf great big tennis podcast fan just has just walked, right walked past, past. As if we're ATP not even supervisor the tennis podcast. he's so he's so shy about coming on the show but one day Lars Graf wants to we'll come get on him. unquestionably we'll get him I got a selfie but it wasn't a selfie was it you took the photo yeah it was a photo he it's, requested it it's on our Instagram page David Law requested it. Um, it's on our Instagram page if you want to check that out. Uh, so, Grigor Dimitrov, I think that could be a good match, but I do think he's going to be okay. Yeah, I think all these matches, I mean, I think Songa's the favourite in his against Manorino. Kyrgios is the favourite in his against uh, Donald Jung. Dimitrov, favourite against Harrison. But any one of those that you could make an argument for it going the other way. It, it, if they're not on it, those guys, Harrison's been practising all week long with Andy Murray. So he? He, he, yeah, he's been up against some serious grass court play there. 
Um, so, Do you know, you know why that is? It's I don't. I mean, it, well, he was set, he was here early. I know that. I mean, Andy uh, was here on last Tuesday, and it was a deserted this place, absolutely deserted, apart from one court with Andy Murray, Eva Lendl, Jamie Delgado, and Ryan Harrison. Right. Well, you can't you argue with spending a whole week hitting with the world number one. That's pretty yeah. good, isn't it? I um, offered, but he wasn't. <laughs> Wasn't interested. <laughs> wasn't having any of that. Uh, should we just hear from Grigor Dimitrov Why quickly? Not? Why not? Here he is. I think the first matches are really important on grass just to kind of uh, get your body moving and just make sure you move around the court pretty well. The grass will be for sure pretty pretty slippery early on, so you need to be careful with that and at the same time be aware to stay low and move around the court. I think those are the most important things. Um, and then, yeah, serve and return. This is, this is basically what the game starts with. And... Um, and yeah, you just need to be aware of, of your of your strengths and you need to be aware of, of um, how you want to play. It's such a contrast coming from the months of clay, isn't it? Are you somebody that adapts to the grass pretty quickly? I have no problem switching surfaces, whether it's from grass to clay or clay to grass or hard or anything. I mean, I've always, I've always been pretty easy with that because I think after so many years being on tour and, and switching surfaces, I know exactly what to, what to expect. I know you know, the following day where I'm going to be sore or what I need to work on in my body. So um, that really that really helps you going through through that transition. And uh, yeah, of course, the gym side, I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty solid in it. Um, I've always been the type of person that liked it, enjoyed it, and I never shy away when I have to get in the gym. So uh, yeah, again, like it's every time I step on the grass, it really puts a smile on my face. And I think I definitely enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in your thoughts on the 2017 tennis season, this incredible tennis season, because you're somebody that's experienced so much sort of pressure to fulfil your potential really young. But this year we've had 36-year-old Roger Federer winning one slam and 31-year-old Rafa Nadal winning another. What do you make of that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, good. it's great for tennis, obviously. It's good to see that. But, uh, but in the same time, it also shows you how tough it is nowadays to, to really try to get those... Uh, that slam under your belt. I mean, this is one of the one of the most competitive, I think, tournaments. And right now, I think tennis overall is one of the most competitive sports out there. Uh, it has changed. I mean, obviously, dramatically through the uh, through the past years. And you see now, everybody plays well. Uh, the guy can be one in the world or hungry in the world, and you, you know that there's still like chance for everybody. So I think that's what makes it even more special and makes it a little bit more harder. Um, I think the players are believing a little bit more in themselves and they're working the specifics on, on any surfaces now. Uh, like people that are not good on grass are starting to improvise a little bit more, trying to play a better tennis, trying to come in more to the net. Uh, other clay quarters are trying to turn themselves a little bit more into that mindset of having to be aggressive, stay on the baseline. So, you know, you see these things, I think, as a player, I, I notice these things, I watch a lot of tennis, so I can see the difference and obviously, um, yeah, what Roger and, and Rafa have achieved already this year, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, what, what can you say on that? I mean, there's honestly nothing you can say. It's, uh, it is what it is. These two guys have established themselves, I mean, obviously many years ago. I think tennis back then was completely different than, than it is now. So I don't think we should actually compare this to that. So uh, we're in, in the reality right now. This is what it is. This is the way the ranking is, and we go from here. You're 26 now. Can you see yourself out there in 10 years' time still? I think so. Yeah, yeah. If, if the body allows me to, you know, to keep going, I'm I'm always gonna chase 
my goals till till I'm capable to walk, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so whether it's gonna take me, I don't know, another two, three years, or maybe happens here at Wimbledon, why not? And I'm always gonna I'm always gonna chase what I can. So, um, yeah, as long as my body allows me and I'm I'm in a good condition uh, and in a good place in my life, why not? Um, for sure, you have your dips here and there, but that's that's just part of the game and. I think that's what also makes it more interesting and that's, that's why sometimes you have this love-hate relationship with tennis. And just finally, it's been a great season for you so far, arguably your best on tour. What would you be happy with walking away from the grass court um, season? Yeah, I started here, I think, pretty well. Um, obviously, I was expecting a bit more for myself on the clay courts. Um, I was preparing pretty well, but just things didn't, didn't go my way, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't get discouraged. I keep working every day, again, doing my routines, going to the gym so I'm just really working through through the days in the best way that I can and obviously the grass court is super important to me two big tournaments coming up so that's that's my main goal and after that is uh, is really to push hard in the in America I mean I'm I want to I want to make sure that this year I get to the O2 arena we have been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph and with Eurosport. We will be bringing you nightly tennis podcasts from the Aegon Championships 2017. They might not all feature David Law because he's a busy, busy bee. They will, though, feature lots of tennis players and they will feature friend of the podcast and presenter, co-presenter of the podcast for this week, Gigi Salmon. So do join us every night of the week for more tennis podcasts. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.